Hello, Plantation. Welcome to the City of Plantation's podcast. I'm Dr. J, formerly with Plantation Information Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the information provided within the episodes of this podcast help keep you, your family, and your friends safe during this pandemic. We're joined today by Dr. Vincent Van Hasselt, a professor of psychology at Nova Southeastern University. Dr. Van Hasselt has done a great deal of work with critical incident stress management as it relates to first responders. This is obviously an issue that's near and dear to his heart, as he's also a reserve police officer here in Plantation. Dr. Van Hasselt, thank you so much for joining us today by phone. I can only imagine how busy you must be during this time. Uh, well, it is a busy time, Chief, but I want to thank you, first of all, for all the work that you're doing and all the first responders everywhere uh, for keeping our community safe. So it's an honor to be here with you today. So when we first began talking with Dr. Van Hassel, we proposed a few topics which we thought might be good for him to address. He then came back to us with a few different thoughts which were way better than anything we put together. And the first of these was the concept of resilience. So Dr. Van Hassel, can you explain what you mean by resilience and how it applies under the current circumstances? Sure. Um, resilience essentially refers to sort of that psychological quality that allows us to you know, get impacted by significant life adversities, but we're able to come back and uh, often come back at least as strong as we were before. Uh, this kind of this kind of, it comes from the field of positive psychology. You know, and historically, psychology is focused on deficits, problems, and you know, diagnoses. Uh, in positive psychology, there's an emphasis on what are the positives that people have that we can build on. Uh, and resilience is one of those important concepts. And again, it's talking about you know, rather than letting problems, traumatic events, or failures overcome one oneself, uh, you know, the resilient person finds a way to deal with them. Uh, gets past them and moves on toward their goals. Excellent. You mentioned goals. In times like these, goal setting seems a bit bizarre. Why is goal setting important and what's the best way people can do it? Yeah, well, this would be, you know, under that category of resilience building strategies uh, and setting, first of all, having a schedule, setting some structure, uh, having some goals to work toward and using that schedule and structure to let you get to them. Uh, keeps you busy, but also keeps you focused, uh, as well as uh, you know, maintains an activity level that's important for you. And to be able to prove that you can get some things done, even under some very trying circumstances like we're facing now. Um, so structure, schedule, uh, goals, they're all sort of interwoven, uh, but very important, you know, especially under stressful circumstances. Seems like that would be applicable, especially now that so many families are homeschooling and have children at home. Do you you see that the same way? Yeah, well, especially in terms of the concept of resilience, um, we know that resilient parents uh, have resilient children. And, um, you know, in a sense, they serve as buffers, you know, where you have a, a safe, stable, nurturing environment. And, you know, you have supportive families, supportive relationships. Um, things go much better for everybody. And the, the children can progress as well. So in a sense, the parents serve as role models of resilience, and this helps the family system, you know, keep on a positive note and, and do reasonably well, especially under tough circumstances like this. So if I consider myself resilient, what are some of the characteristics I should look for in myself or maybe in others? Yeah, it's a great question because there's several that have been identified uh, between research and just, you know, working clinically with people over the years. 
uh, I'll go through a few of them with you and, and see if you stick out. <laughs> we're discussing, you know, <laughs> you're, see, if, your case. see if I qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what we can do with these. Let's check off the list here. Chief. Uh, first of all, resilient people tend to be more optimistic. All right. They're not getting down right away if they're, they're facing some kind of significant challenge. Uh, you know, they keep rather upbeat, especially under some tough times. Um, they don't catastrophize, which means, well, you know, they don't start to engage in you know, negative self-defeating uh, types of thinking. Uh, rather, they try to really focus on positive things and, you know, what it's that they can do that's constructive uh, to help them get through a difficult, difficult time. Uh, resilient people also engage in self-care. They maintain some kind of self-care schedule, and we can talk later about, uh, you know, different types of stress management approaches. But they do things that are good for themselves and maintain themselves physically and psychologically. And probably one of the most important, well, a couple of most important, couple important things, uh, they see setbacks as challenges. All right? uh, they're going to rise to the occasion. They're going to take on the challenge. They're going to get past this. And their thinking is very positive about it. Now, at the same time, uh, resilient people tend to be able to, they're capable of reaching out for, for, to others for social support. And we know how important that is, uh, you know, to have social contact. And we know how challenging that is at this point under the circumstances. But to make every effort uh, through whatever means possible that, you know, is safe to be able to maintain some social support structure for themselves as well as their families. Uh, so those are the things that tend to be more characteristic of resilient people. Uh, there are other things, but those are some real key factors. So under these circumstances, it's, it's kind of easy to be self-defeating and, and negative and start having negative thoughts. What are some, some ways that we can overcome those habits? Uh, well, part of it has to do with doing that. The expression <laughs> is being more active, doing more and trying to think less. Uh, staying, you know, staying busy, staying active, doing things that are constructive. Uh, you know, in a sense, the, the, the feelings catch up with the behaviors. Uh, you have to really focus on, you know, being, you know, keeping the activity level high. But also, you, you know, the resilient person tends to catch themselves thinking negatively, you know, kind of the, the more uh, irrational, self-defeating types of thoughts that people might get under the circumstances and actually engage in some more positive self-talk. So I don't want to, you know, whether you call them affirmations or positive self-statements, they're able to engage in sort of an inner dialogue that keeps them going in, in a positive vein. And when they find themselves kind of being you know, impacted by the, the negative thoughts or actions that are things that are going on around them, they're able to catch them early and counter them. So this actually takes some active engagement with yourself in order to recognize when you're feeling this way and then kind of take the appropriate measures or steps to turn that approach or that attitude or those thoughts around, right? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And uh, the earlier in the chain of events, the better. Uh, you know, if one finds oneself kind of sinking into kind of a, a darker mood or feeling irritable or uncomfortable, uh, you really want to you know, catch those early and start to do whatever you kind of works for you uh, to be able to counter those. And that kind of falls under the, the heading of, you know, resilience building strategies. And, you know, for example, uh, you know, a lot of people find exercise to be very helpful. For one thing, when you're exercising, that's really incompatible with negative thinking uh, or, or negative uh, characteristics or things that would not be in your best interest. And it doesn't really matter what the exercise is. And I know we have to be creative at this point, but, you know, whether you like yoga, you like walking, you like running, you do calisthenics, there are all kinds of things that you can do, even under these circumstances, 
you know, that are really important because we know the more fit you are, the more physically active you are, the better your mood. Uh, so there's a clear relationship between activity level, exercise, and uh, a mood state. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, most of us in the in the uh, first responder field find something physical to do uh, on a regular basis as a stress reliever, as a mood enhancer. And uh, I know I enjoy my bicycle ride every night after work. It helps me focus, relax, is, and that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Yeah. And, you know, when I've been involved in a, a lot of what are called critical incident debriefings, and these are kind of follow-ups uh, to first responders after they've been in something that's particularly stressful or difficult. Uh, we always emphasize the importance of keeping a good physical exercise regimen, uh, which is often very tough for a lot of people because when they're under a lot of stress, it's very easy to let good habits go. But during those times uh, of trouble or stress, it's especially important to, in some cases, force yourself to do those kinds of things that maybe you don't feel like doing at the moment. And you don't have to do your best, Adam. You don't have to do your fastest run. You don't have to do your longest bike ride. But if you can do anything at all that's physical in nature, it can always help your mood right. and your outlook. Right. So those things are important. Now, of course, related to that, you need to get you know good sleep. You need to have good diet. Uh, and I know it's often very difficult to maintain these things under the kind of circumstances we're under. But that's part of resilience, you know, really trying to make that effort. And, um, you know, it's not easy, uh, but to do everything you can to keep these things going in a positive vein. Right, absolutely. All right, so with with that in mind and the idea that, you know, people are kind of getting cabin fever and, and we're starting to see now where communities, whole communities are starting to really protest being, you know, the stay-at-home orders and being locked in and declaring their freedoms, whatever have you. Um, people are obviously anxious to get back to work and to get back to what what's probably going to be our new normal lives. Right. How, how how do you see that happening? How do you see people adjusting to that, and, and how do you see them, them making that happen? Well, you know, this is sort of where I have to defer to the medical specialists. Uh, and, you know, I think we have to be very careful at this point. Uh, I, I know the different positions on it, and it's everything from cabin fever to, you know, being very concerned about, you know, where the next paycheck comes from. Uh, so the transition has to be very carefully uh, put together and very well thought out. Um, yes, you know, people want to get out and, uh, you know, everybody does, but you have to, you know, of course, weigh the risks with that. Uh, just in terms of, you know, being able to get out of one's house, I, I will say, you know, plantation in particular has an awful lot of nice opportunities to do things outside. Uh, we happen to be in a wonderful city where there, you know, I, I don't think people are going in parks or can't at this point, but just think of the notion of, you know, taking a walk or exercising, riding a bicycle, you know, these kind of things we can do in our city. And I, when we're talking about getting back to work and the workplace and the gyms and all that, well, that's going to be a, you know, I think based on the science. And, of course, that's going to differ depending on, you know, where you live, you know, what region we're in. Right. And that has to be done carefully. So that's, that's less psychological and, I guess, more medical, you know, those types of decisions. Yeah, it's kind of a combination of the two. Yeah. All right. Well, well, Dr. Van Hassel, we know you're busy and we appreciate you giving us the time. Um, so thank you. Thank you very much for being with us today and, um, and speaking with our audience. Um, you know, it, it's important that people remain not only physically, but mentally healthy, as we've talked about, and emotionally healthy as well. So, you know, once right. again, from, from us and on behalf of the residents, thank you very much for your time and your insight. I'm glad to be here. And as I said, Chief, it's an honor to be with you and uh, keep, uh, keep doing the great work that you're doing. And you too. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Take care. 
You've been listening to the City of Plantation podcast. Here in Plantation, we're working hard to bring you the latest, most accurate information available about the coronavirus pandemic. Remember, if you have specific questions, you can email them to askcityhall at plantation.org. Don't forget to visit the COVID-19 page on our website and register for Everbridge for up-to-the-minute changes regarding the outbreak. We want to thank you for tuning in and taking the time to listen to the experts about how to keep yourselves, your family, and your business safe and healthy during the crisis. And don't forget to wash your hands, cover your cough, and maintain a safe distance.